Welcome, everyone. So glad you guys are here. I am super stoked for what God is going to do in the room. Are you excited? I said, are you excited? Yes, that's right. Let me hear you say, I'm excited. That's right, because God is in the room tonight. Amen? That's right. All right, so the past couple weeks that we've been together, where you're here for the first time or not, or maybe you didn't really remember what we talked about the past couple weeks, that's totally fine. I'm going to bring you back up to speed. We are going to hang out. It's going to be a great time. But I want to let you guys know that the life first that you are forever going to know, embedded, 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 embedded in your brain, is Hebrews 12, 29. For God is a consuming fire. That's why we are ablaze youth, because we are on fire for God, right? I said, we are on fire for God, right? All right, and if you're not, you're gonna be, okay? And I believe it and I receive it, it's gonna happen. So we have been talking about being consumed by God. And so we're gonna start back over in Hebrews 12, 28 and run into verse 29. I'm gonna read it out of the message, but it says, do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship deeply reverent before God, for God is not an indifferent bystander. He's actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn. And he won't quit until it's all cleansed. God himself is a fire. I love the fact that we serve a God, that we worship a God that is a real God a God that wants to be active in your life, a God that wants to be present in your life, a God that actually wants to help you in your life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that God, the God that created the universe, that created the mountains, the trees, the birds and the bees and all those things? I know I said birds and the bees. You can laugh. It's okay. It's all right. I said it, but he did. He created all those amazing things, but he wants to be active in your life. He wants to be a part of your life. I refuse to be a part of a religion. I've made that like my, my, like my, my mission, my goal. My, I don't want to be a part of a religion. I want to be a part of a relationship. And I want that for you guys. And I believe that God wants that for you too. Amen. He is not an indifferent bystander for your life. He wants to be active. He wants to help you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. And he's got a plan for your life. Amen. So with that in mind, I want us to pray. I want to get, us, get our hearts ready to receive what God has for us tonight. So if you'll bow your heads, let's get our hearts ready. All right. Father God, I just thank you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you for each and every single one of these students, Father God. I think that you start to impress on their hearts right now exactly what they need from you tonight, Father God. I thank you that you are a consuming fire God that wants to be an active part of our life, and that starts right now in this moment. Thank you for it, God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So I've been trying to figure out, like, how do we illustrate these things? And I realize I have anyone back there by the computer, but maybe, maybe my wife, kindly might be able to help me out. I don't, you might be able to figure out. If not, I can always run back there and do it. That's totally fine. But I've been trying to figure out how to illustrate this in such a way to kind of paint a picture for you guys. There is a plan for your life. God says it over in Jeremiah 29, 11, I have a plan for your life, a plan to prosper you, a plan to give you a hope, a plan to give you a future, a plan that is good, that is prosperous, that's awesome. And then also, we talked about it last time we were together, John 10, 10, Jesus said, I've come to give you an abundant life. That means the rich, full, awesome, wonderful life and into the full. I know I'm talking a lot. I'm talking really fast, but that's fine. You guys gotta keep up. And this is what you're gonna get from now on, right? Are you with it? Are you ready? Are you excited? Yes. So God has this amazing thing for your life, but sometimes it's hard for us to see what he sees. And so I had this illustration. I thought it was kind of cool. I found this video. In my mind, I started thinking of like, you guys ever seen like ice sculptures? 
or like people that made like cool stuff out of a watermelon. Like they do like watermelon art or they do like wood carving or they do even like stone. Yes, sir, what you got? Legos, yeah, that's a good one too. So I had this video, if Nomad would be so kind and click on the video for me right there. I, th I thought this was kind of interesting. I sped it up really fast for you guys because I didn't have four minutes to show this video to you. So it's about a minute long. So this started out as just a block of wood. And this guy just starts going to town with his little chisel and he starts making these little details. He starts chipping away and going all over it and just doing this, doing that, and that and the other. And he's taking details. He's doing this little thing. And as he's doing this, slowly but surely, you start to see that there is something within this block of wood that this artist saw was possible to be made. Now, whether he did it from an example or whether he did it by just memory alone of what a wolf might look like, this dude sculpted, he carved a wolf out of a block of wood. What's amazing is everything inside of that block had the potential to become this block or to become this wood in, wooden wolf, but there needed to be someone to carve it into the wooden wolf. I don't know what, I didn't even realize that was in the end of the video. I stole it from YouTube and left his stuff. You can go check him out later, I guess. I don't know. I've never watched his other stuff. I don't vouch for him. Um, but everything that was in that block of the wood had its potential to be this wooden wolf but it needed someone to chisel it and carve away at it to reveal the wolf that was within. I believe that there is something within all of us that we have to have God's help to reveal. And it says over here in Ephesians 2.10, out of the message, it says we are, sorry, out of the Amplified, it says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may go and do those good works which God predestined plan beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepares ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. This amazing life that is within all of us, this potential, this calling, this gifting that's within all of us is yet to be revealed, but God already says, you are perfect in my sight and we're going to get there together. You are my masterpiece. What's amazing about the word masterpiece that I find so interesting that I never really saw before, Robert and I, or Pastor Robert and I, did a series about almost, a, gosh, over a year and a half ago. But he brought it out, he said a masterpiece is when someone says, this is perfect, there's nothing more that needs to be done. I don't need to do anything else because it's a masterpiece. It gets put on display in museums and, and parks and, and, you know, tourist things. People come and pay to see these things because they're amazing. And they're wonderful. And God says that you are a masterpiece, that you are amazing, that you are wonderful. He just wants to put you up on display and look at you. God wants to look at you. In fact, he does. He looks at you all the time and he says, I like to look at you because you're my masterpiece and you're awesome and you're wonderful. And we are going to do good things together that I've prearranged and predestined you to do. So how do we get there? How do we get there? It talks about, again, over in Hebrews 12, that he's a consuming fire, that he's actively cleaning house. He's actively trying to burn up anything that doesn't belong, meaning that if we want to get to be the, the full representation, the full reflection of the image that God created us to be, then we've got to spend time with God. Amen? I mean, it's just interesting because, you know, if, if, we, if we don't, take our time with God seriously, if we don't start to respect and revere the, the importance, see, that's what God's wanting to understand, want all of us, really, me, you, everyone in this room, he wants us to understand that there, there's a necessity to our time with him. 
It is vital that we spend time with the one who makes plans for our lives. It's vital that we spend time with our creator because he's the one that's going to see us through to the end. He's the one that's going to give us the equipment that we need to see it through the end. So when we come in this place, when we come into this room, when we, when, we, when we hear the message, when we worship, when we pray, we are supposed to take it serious and say, I'm going to receive from God tonight. You know, we talked over in the book of Luke 11 where it says, you know, those that seek, they'll find. Those that ask, they receive. Those that knock, the door will be open. So when we come into this atmosphere, we're saying, I'm expecting to receive from God tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to get something from God tonight. I'm, I'm asking for something for God tonight so that way I can go further in this call, so I can be stronger, I can be a better representation of the image of Christ. I can be a better image, I can be a stronger light in this world. I'm sorry I'm stumbling over these words tonight, guys, but I'm just so excited. Like, like this is what God has for your life, and it's so amazing that you're in this place right now. So is God. God is here talking to you right now. He's taking time out of his busy schedule to meet with you. So over in Proverbs 27, 19, it says, as in water, face reflects face, so the heart of a man reflects the man. And so I started to think, like, like it's got to be about a heart thing. We've got to change the way our attitude, we've got to change the way our, our thought process is about how we think about God. Our heart needs to be different towards him and the way that we view him and the way that we interact with him. Because in Matthew 6, it says, do not lay up treasures for yourself on earth where moth and rust destroy, but where thieves break in and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We need to treasure the kingdom of God. You know, if we, if we read further on in Matthew 6, it talks about, you know, how he provides for the lilies and he provides for the birds and he does all these things for them, but he says, how much more would he provide for you, his son and his daughter? You know, we should take value in the provision that our father can give us. We should take value in the provision that God can give us. We, we should put treasure in that. that. That is where our heart should be. So if once we start to treasure that, it's going to start showing up in our actions, in our speech, in our thought life, in our prayer life, in our schools, in our conversation. Like, like once we start to redirect and reposition our heart that's reflecting towards God, everything starts to change. That's what he wants for your life. He wants you to live out this good life he predestined to you. So how do we do that? What do we need to do? What do we got to do? Let's see, over here in Romans 12, 1, out of the ESV, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by mercies of God, present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will, will of God that is good and acceptable and perfect. We've got to understand that every single day, it's an opportunity to be transformed more into the likeness and the image of Jesus Christ. We've got to stay strong in renewing our mind. We've got to spend time with God. We've got to get closer to him so that he can give us more insight and more wisdom. You know, in John 14, it talks about how the Holy Spirit's going to bring back things to your remembrance that he's told you, but have you ever listened to what he said? 
Have you ever gotten the word to figure out what he said so you can remember what he's told you? Like, like the Holy Spirit can only help you so much if you're not willing to get it in you. You know what I mean? Like we got to put the word in so that we can rely on the word. We got to spend time with our creator so it can come out in our walk with him. You know, and I, I love this section over here in John 15 where it talks about, I am the true vine. My father's the fine dresser. Uh, by the fine dresser. <laughs> in verse two, it says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch, branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. See, that's very key because you're already a masterpiece. You're already a masterpiece, but you need to abide in me as I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and it withers and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. By this, my father's glorified that you bear much fruit so you prove to be my disciples." This imagery is so amazing and so wonderful of, of a, a vine dresser and a, a person that tends to a garden. Because I started to think, well, okay, the gardener has everything that the plant needs to be sustained. If the plant wants to eventually grow up and have the fruit that it's supposed to have, like if there's a tomato plant in a garden, the gardener hopefully knows what they're doing and they're giving it water. They're giving it nutrients. They're giving it fertilizer. They're giving it all the resources. They're making sure it's got sun so that way it can eventually become a tomato plant. I started to think, you know, what if the, the tomato plant had a mind of its own and it was like, you know what, I don't want to be in the garden today. And so it got up out of the garden, you know, got up out of it and it's just like walking around. It's just like, I'm not going to be here today. I'm going to go do my own thing. And then it comes back to the garden every once in a while for a little drink of water. But then it looks at its buddies who've been hanging out the whole time and they've got ripe red tomatoes and this dude doesn't have anything because it has been hanging out with the gardener. You know, the word says to abide in me and I'll abide in you. That word abide means to be close, to be in relationship, to, to be committed to me, to stay, to stay connected, much like a garden, like, like, like a plant has to be rooted in its garden. It has to rely on the gardener in order to thrive. We have to say we are going to abide and stay close to God so we can thrive. Like if you want to have your, your, your wolf sculpture stay, you know, all awesome and cool, like you got to hang out with the sculptor so that he can chisel you away and that way you can eventually become this awesome thing that he's intended you to be. Like we've got to stay close to God and close to him for our plans to come to pass. Abide in him. Abide in him. And, and really my, my, my goal and my hope and I believe what God is trying to say is like every day, is an opportunity. You know, don't let it just be in this room. Don't let it just be on Sunday mornings. Like, like, like come to him. Go to him. Abide in him. Live with him. Receive from him so that way you can grow in the things he's called you to be. You know, we just sang that, that song, you know, trust. And it says, Jesus, I will trust you. Like, like, we have got to trust that God is who he says he is. 
you know, I've been stuck on it for so long, you know, with, with John 14, 6, about Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. And, and if we truly believe that he is the way, then we'll follow after him. If we truly believe that he is the truth, then we'll have truth in our life. And if we truly believe that he is the life, then we will have life. So my challenge to you guys this week, my challenge to you guys in this moment is, is begin to abide in him. Begin to stay close, come closer to him. Find a way to make more opportunities for you to renew your mind. Find a way to make more opportunities to, to get in his presence. Read your Bible. Listen to worship music. Pray more often. Do your very, read a verse a day. You know, we got apps on our phones that can give us a verse of the day. Get the word in you so that way you've got the tools you need to be successful in him. He wants amazing things for your life. But you've got to trust that he's going to be the one that gets you there. Amen?